Greco. I'm going to be your host this morning. Y'all having a good morning? Well, we had an awesome week, if you couldn't tell, at VBS this week. I thought we'd just continue the fun and maybe invite some random people out there up on stage. Okay, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Some of you were excited. Most of you were panicked. It's okay. You get to stay there. I'll stay up here. All right, we had a really great time this week at VBS. Tons of twists and turns, um, but the best part was the kids got to learn all week about how following Jesus changes everything. And because of that, we had 42 kids make that decision to follow Jesus this week. But wait, there's more. On top of that, we had three additional people outside of VBS also make that decision. So we have 45 rings added to our... We did have a great week. I want to give a big thank you to Tony Willis and Hope Gernon, who are our fearless leaders this week. Yes. And on top of that, all of our gospel partners that helped make this possible. We had so many people putting in time a month, two months before VBS actually happened, and then serving all week long. So please give them a big round of applause. I'm trying really hard not to move because I've been moving all week. I don't want to block you. Okay. Um, To all of our VBS families that are here, we hope that you're going to join us in the gym following this service. We're going to be having a big celebration, lunch, and a lot of fun over there for the kids, so make sure that you come on over. Um, Okay, well, it's not only VBS Sunday, it's also Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all of our wonderful dads out there. I'm very thankful to have an amazing dad who helped me to grow um, up loving the Lord and following Jesus. So thank you to all of you dads that are here. It's a blessing. All right, to anyone who is new or visiting today, one, you picked a great week to come. Um, Two, we have a Connect card that is in the seat back in front of you. If you would take that out, grab a pen and fill out as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. There's also a place on the card. If you are interested in having lunch with a pastor, you can check that and you will get contacted this week. And last but not least, we have our Discover Good News class this week, um, Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. There is childcare provided. This is a great class for you guys to come to if you are interested in learning more about our church or if you want to get more connected or if you would like to um, become a member. So we would love for you to come. Go ahead and mark that on your card if you're interested. And on your way out, there's black boxes by the doors. You can go ahead and slip those cards into those black boxes. All right, I'm going to go ahead and invite Smiley up to the stage as I pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful week we had at VBS. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to share your love with children and for so many kids coming, having a great time, but learning what it means to follow you and making the decision to do so. I pray that as Smiley comes to speak with us today, that you would speak through him. 
Jesus' name, amen. Maybe I can borrow that sweet jacket sometime. <laughs> Part of being in a body is there's rejoicing and weeping, and often it goes on simultaneously. And this one of the greatest weeks, all the joy this week of children. Uh, but one of our members, Scott Ross, died early this morning, and so we certainly remember his wife, Ellie. And matter of fact, I'd like to, to pray for them. Jesus, we're so thankful that your tomb is empty. You walked out of the grave and said we could too. And we're so thankful that Scott knew you. And Lord, your word says to be absent from the bodies, to be at home with the Lord. We're thankful that he's with you. And yet we pray for Ellie missing Scott so much that you would comfort her. Lord, we look forward to that day when you come back and you wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. To the dads here, happy Father's Day. I was thinking of a passage to read on Father's Day, and so I picked Psalm 127. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. And two things about Psalm 127 before I read it. <clears throat> it's one of two psalms that Solomon wrote. There's Psalm 72 and Psalm 127. So two of our psalms are written by King Solomon. The second is it's a song of ascent. That the Jews had some really cool holidays and celebrations, and as people went up to Jerusalem, they would sing along the way. And this is one of those songs that they would sing as they were headed up to Jerusalem as a family to celebrate together. So sometimes when the passages are short, I ask you to do something. If you would stand, this is God's Word, and sometimes it helps us to pay attention as we read His Word. So I'm going to read Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb. Boy, it's so easy to get to the fruit of the loom. <laughs> oh. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Uh, you, you may be seated. Uh, really important question for you is, how does a joke become a dad joke? There you go, when it becomes apparent. Very good. Oh, today's Father's Day, and, and I think as dads, we can identify with Rodney Dangerfield, I don't get no respect. I mean, it's true, I heard this dad once, and he was saying, you know, when, he said, when mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, and when, and when dad ain't happy, there you go, nobody cares. <laughs> oh. Now, young people, I know it's hard for you to imagine, but there was a time that people didn't have mobile phones. And you had to call someone in another state. It was a long-distance phone call, and it was very expensive. So I've got a couple of questions for you. If it was expensive, what day in the year do you think that most long-distance phone calls were made? What day do you think? It was Mother's Day. Uh, 
So what day of the year do you think that most collect phone calls were made? <laughs> it was Father's Day. So you process that a little bit, and you realize the kids love mom enough to pay for it. And their kids love their dad enough for the dad to pay for the call. Oh, uh, listen, dads, I know we don't get much respect in our culture, but I'm wearing a shirt that, that, that's really for you. It's that fathers matter. And fathers do really, really, really matter. And that's what we're going to learn about today. Matter of fact, the point of today's message is that children are a blessing, not a burden. Would you say that with me? That children are a blessing, not a burden. And I think as men, we need to hear that. I think everyone in our culture needs to hear that. That children are a blessing, not a burden. Because we live in a culture that's deeply divided. It's deeply divided. And on one end, the world says that children are a burden. And on the other hand, we have Jesus and we have his word that says children are a blessing. Um, just a little bit about our culture. Our culture says delay marriage. Don't be in a hurry. Delay, delay, delay marriage. You know people are getting married later than ever before. Delay marriage. The reason our culture encourages people to delay marriage is because our culture believes that children are a burden. Uh, our culture says, listen, if you do get married, delay having children. Get a dog, but not a kid. It's true, isn't it? We live in a culture that values animals above people. You, you don't agree with me. That's okay. Um, now, what happens in St. Augustine if I kill an unborn turtle? What happens? I'm in big trouble, right? But if I kill an unborn child, that's okay. Uh, imagine a canine deputy. Uh, if a canine deputy gets shot, no one cares. But if his dog gets shot, Oh, man, the whole town would have a riot. We live in a culture that values animals among people. Listen, we live in a culture that says delay marriage. Listen, first travel, first uh, uh, get your career, first get a nice house, fill it with stuff. And if you have to have children, have one or two. We live in a culture that says children are a hobby. And not a they're just something you do on the side. And if you end up getting a pregnant, you can always have an abortion because children are a burden. You know, our country is deeply divided over the issue of abortion, but you know what would change all that? If we actually believed that children were a blessing and not a burden, then there would be no abortions. So there are two very different views. Our culture says children are a burden. Delay marriage, delay having children. If you get pregnant, you can have an abortion. And then we open up God's word. And we read, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The children are a blessing and not a burden. The fruit of the womb is a reward, not being a reward for being a good person, but when you get married and you have sex, one of the things that comes from that is a blessing, children. <clears throat> like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed, how happy, how overwhelmed with joy is the man whose quiver is full of children. 
So let me ask you, when you hear children, what's your view? Are children seen as a burden or are they seen as a blessing? Which is it? And then another question is, which would you like it to be? What view would you like to have? Would you like to view children as a burden or a blessing? Uh, because if you want to be able to see children as a blessing, we need Jesus to get there. We need Jesus. We need to believe in Jesus. We need to believe in the gospel. Do you know what the story of the Bible is? There is one God. There is one God. But within the one God, there are three persons. There's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God is so full of love and joy. God is so full of love and joy that God created people in His image so that we could experience His love and joy forever. God didn't make people to make us miserable. God wasn't bored, but God was so full of love and joy. He made people in His image that we could enjoy His love and joy forever. Aren't you glad? And then, when our first parents sinned against God, and their sin wrecked everything, God came up with a plan. We're sinners like you and me could experience his love and joy forever. The father planned it out. The son carried it out. And the Holy Spirit makes it real. Oh, I love the gospel. It's such good news that God wants to expand his family and include us. But the gospel says we have a problem called sin. Sin is a crime against God. It's a universal problem. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is a sin? It's a crime against God. Perhaps you say, well, I've never committed a crime against God. Did you know that God revealed the top ten things that bug him most? Did you know that? That we don't have to be puzzled. God revealed the top ten things that bug him most. They're called the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. Have you ever made a decision without putting God first? Have you ever? That's a crime against God. Do you know the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother? Growing up, did you ever disobey your parents even once? Ever? Then you broke the fifth commandment. Do you know the seventh commandment is you shall not commit adultery that sex belongs in marriage? Ever involved in sex outside of marriage or even had the thought... You've broken the seventh commandment. You know the tenth commandment? You shall not covet. Have you ever wanted something someone else had? You've broken the tenth commandment. Every one of us has committed crime after crime against God. And listen, God is just, and he must punish sin. And God says what we deserve for what we've done is hell is a separation from God and from all good things. Oh. But God loves us so much that God the Son put on flesh and came to earth to seek and save sinners. He lived a perfect life for us. He went to the cross. Oh, and on the cross, Jesus took our sins upon himself, and he paid the penalty that our sins deserve. Crying out from the cross, it is finished, paid in full. And how do we know he paid in full the penalty for our sins? Because after he died, on the third day, he rose from the grave. And death is the punishment for sin. And since the penalty had been paid in full, death couldn't hold him any longer. And so Jesus rose and he offers us eternal life. He offers to forgive us of all of our sins. He offers us the chance to do life with him, to be a part of the family of God, to have a heavenly father and a big brother like Jesus. He offers us the chance to do eternity with him as a part of God's forever family. And what does he require of us? That we believe in him. Oh. Listen, in John 1 verse 12, 
But as many as received him, have you? To them he gave the right to become children of God. You see, when we receive Jesus, we become God's children. It's important to understand that all people are not children of God. Because of our sin, we are by nature children of wrath. But when we believe in Jesus, then we become children of God. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Oh, would you like to be forgiven? Would you like to be a child of God? Would you like a father, a big brother? Would you like to know for certain you're going to be with God forever in heaven? You can, you know, by believing in Jesus. Well, Smiley, what does that mean? Doesn't everybody believe in Jesus? Uh, listen, saving faith, we love to say, is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. And if you've never done this, you, you can do this now, or I'll be glad to help you as we close in prayer. But listen, to believe in Jesus begins when we admit Jesus. I've not kept your Ten Commandments. I've sinned against you over and over again, and I'm sorry. Won't you say that? And then, we, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then we commit, we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come in and be my Savior and Lord and forgive me and give me eternal life and help me be the person you want me to be. Um, Listen, if you've never done that, won't you? And if you have, do you hear what this says? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. The moment we believe, we're forgiven. The moment we believe, we move from being children of wrath to children of God. And from that moment on, we are beloved of God. Remember back in Psalm 127? Remember what we read in verse 2? He gives to his beloved. Does that stagger you that I'm a beloved child of God? We are beloved. And we, when we know we're loved, that's what changes our lives. In, in 1 John 4, verse 7, beloved. Uh, listen, we've been loved by God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one does not love, does not know God, for God is love. When we experience the love and joy of God, we want others. We want others to know His love and experience His joy. That's why we share our faith, because we as Christians, we want to expand God's family and say, come and experience the love and joy of God. And so we work to expand His family, His church. And listen, when, when men and women meet Jesus and they experience his love, they want to get married and they want to have children so they can have children who can come and experience the love and joy of God. And so to believe that children, listen, are, are, are a blessing and, 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 and not a burden starts when we believe in Jesus and experience his love and joy. Listen, to believe that children are a blessing, not a burden, it, it, it moves on as we follow Jesus, as we follow Jesus. If you're a Christian, I mean, a, a disciple's a follower of Jesus. Jesus moves in and he says, follow me. And Jesus becomes our model for life and ministry. And Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that we have the desire and power to follow Jesus. And so the question before the house is, did Jesus believe children were a blessing or a burden? Isn't that the question? If we are followers of Christ, did Jesus consider children a blessing or a burden? And I submit to you, he believed they were a blessing.
in Luke <clears throat> chapter 18, verse 15, but in they, parents, were bringing even their babies to him so that he would touch, him, touch them. Now, let me ask you a question. Why were they bringing their babies? I mean, we read about sick people bringing their friends to Jesus. Why? Why? He wanted Jesus to heal them. But why did parents bring their babies to Jesus? Because they believed their child's greatest need was to know Jesus Christ, and he wanted Jesus to save their children. And they were bringing even their babies to him so that he would touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they began rebuking them. No, 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 get them away. Jesus is too busy for children. I submit to you the disciples believed that children were a burden. But Jesus called for them saying, permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus says, let the children come. Bring the children to me because Jesus loved children because children are a blessing and not a burden. And when we believe in Jesus and we begin to follow Jesus, then that changes everything. Because if we believe that children are a blessing and not a burden, we want to get married. We want to get married because we want to have children. And Jesus says the right place for children is in a family, right? Oh, did you know the family is God's institution and not ours? And, and do you know that it's under attack in the world today? But it's always been under attack. It was under attack in Jesus' day. In Matthew 19, verse 3, some Pharisees, religious leaders, came to Jesus testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? So marriage was under attack with divorce. Is it okay to divorce your wife for any reason at all? And he answered them and said, have you not read? Don't you love Jesus? These are religious professionals. They ask him a question. He says, have you ever read the Bible? Have you? Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? So Jesus goes all the way back to God's original design, and God made us male and female. We need to hear that in our culture today, right? And you know that God made us male and female for a purpose. God made us male and female for a purpose. And the reason is, it takes a male and female to have a child, right? And then God institutes marriage and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So God institutes marriage on the very day of creation. Marriage is the permanent union of one man and one woman. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So God institutes marriage as the permanent union of a man and woman. And then God says the proper place for sex is in marriage. First, you fall in love. Then you get married. Then you have sex. And then you have children. Because God has a huge theology of marriage, way higher than our culture, and a theology of sex, that sex is a big deal, and it belongs in marriage. Because the purpose of sex is to, for oneness to bind a man and woman together for life. And the purpose for sex is to have children. 
And the purpose of sex is to bring pleasure to the husband and wife so they continually delight in one another. So, if we're followers of Jesus and we believe that children are a blessing and not a, and not a burden, we don't delay marriage, but we get married. And we have lots of children. We have lots of children because they're a blessing and not a burden. Isn't that what Psalm 127 said? Behold, what's the word? Children, that means there's what? More than one. He doesn't behold a child. He says what? Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children. How, how happy is the one whose quiver is full of them? What if we believed that happiness came from having lots of children? Wouldn't that change us? By the way, do you know what the first command given in the Bible was? Um, the first command, and uh, guys kind of like it because the first command is to have sex. But what men don't like is what he actually says is be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That the purpose of sex and marriage is to have lots of children. So let, let me show you that. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and what? And multiply and fill the earth. Now, I'm not a math wizard, but he says to multiply. And I would think that two, what, times two equals four. Isn't that multiplication? Now, I'm not your mother. I'm not here to tell you how many children to have. But the best answer I heard this week is someone said, have one more child than you think you can handle. Just have one more child than you think you can handle. But what if? We believe Jesus. What if we believe the Bible? What if we believe children are a gift of the Lord? Wouldn't we want to have kids? What if we believe the fruit of the womb is a reward, not a punishment? It's a reward. Listen, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed, how happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know what a quiver is, right? It's something that holds arrows. Now imagine you're a warrior and you're going out to battle. <laughs> How many arrows would you want in your quiver? None? One? What if you were a bad shot like me? <laughs> and you'd want lots of them, right? Um, you know, I know, I know many of you would like to be married or you'd like to have children and you've not been able to have children. So I want you to know something. You can have a lot of children without being married. What? You see, the first command ever given was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, right? The last command Jesus gave, the last command Jesus gave was go and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus said, go and win people to Christ and multiply disciples so that the earth is filled with people who know Jesus Christ. So you can do that. You can have lots of spiritual children without being married. Matter of fact, this year we've been walking through 1 Timothy, right? Remember when we started 1 Timothy back a few years ago? It wasn't that long ago. But in 1 Timothy 1, 
Verse 2, remember to Timothy, my true child in the faith. Paul never got married. Paul never had any biological children, but Paul had lots of children that he led to faith in Christ and disciples so they could go and do the same, and we can too. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we finish 1 Timothy, we're going to move into 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 2, to Timothy, my beloved son. Listen, if you're not married or you're single, listen, we can have lots of children. We can win people to faith in Christ, and we can have spiritual children. I mean, today's Father's Day. You know what I did on Friday? I texted my spiritual father, and I said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving me enough to share the gospel with me. Uh, there's one lady, her name is Julie, and many, many years ago, I led her to faith in Christ, and this is so cool. Every year on her spiritual birthday, she bakes me a chocolate peanut butter pie. <laughs> I tell you, children really are a blessing. You know, you want to have lots of children, right? Oh, man. When we believe Jesus, the children are a blessing and not a burden. It changes everything. We, we want to get married, and we want to have children, and we want to stay married, we want to stay married because we want to enjoy our children. We want our children to enjoy us. People often say to me, well, Smiley, I, I, just, I, I just don't think staying together for the sake of the children is a good idea. I say, well, it's hard for me to think of a better idea than that. Really? Isn't it? Now, I know a lot of us are divorced, and I'm not here. Listen, what we've done, we've done, and, and Jesus forgives us. But what we can say is, listen, from this day forward, I, I want to follow Jesus, right? And so I want to share with you how to stay married. Jesus gave us the key in John 1, verse 5, where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. The word abide means to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. If you're married and you want to stay married for the sake of your children, the best thing you can do is to abide in Christ, to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. <laughs> I've been a Christian for a long time. Smiley, have you been a good Christian? I have not been a good Christian. But I've stayed with Jesus. The one thing I've done is I've stayed, and I'm so thankful that I've stayed. Because when you stay with Jesus, listen, He holds things together for us. Listen, where am I going to go? Who else has words of eternal life? Where am I going to go? Who else would love me the way Jesus does? I've stayed. Listen, I've been married for a long, long time. And if you said, Smile, have you been a good husband? No, I've not been a good husband. I love Karen. Uh, and, and I want to be a good husband, but you can talk to her. Listen, I'm a very, very flawed husband. But you know what I've done? I've stayed. I've stayed and I've tried to love my wife. Uh, listen, we have six kids. We aim for four. God gave us two more. And if you said, Smiley, have you been a good dad? I have not been a good dad. I love my kids. And, oh, I wanted to be a good dad, don't you? But you can talk to my kids. They'll, talk to, they'll tell you about all my flaws, and there are so many. But listen, you know what I did do? I stayed. And, and that's something I was able to do. I stayed. I stayed with my family, and I showed my children that I loved Jesus, and I loved their mother, and I loved them, and that's why they've stayed. And that's what I've done. 
Listen, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a long, long time. And if people said, Smiley, have you been a good pastor? I'd say, no, I've not been a good pastor. But I've stayed. I've stayed. And I'm so thankful I did. Because children really are a blessing in the Lord. If you stay, you'll be amazed what happens this week. I wish you could have been here. It was just so good. The children were having their time of their life learning about Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I'm so thankful I've stayed. And not just the children, but the leaders, students and parents coming up saying, Smiley, thank you, thank you for staying. We are having the time of our life teaching children about Jesus. Man, you want to stay married? Listen, stay with Jesus. Be with a friend who loves you and stay there. Listen, when, when we believe that children are a blessing, we get married and, and we have lots of kids and we stay married and we raise our children to be a blessing to others. Listen, Jesus gives us children to enjoy, but he gives us children to, to train so that they can become a blessing to others. Listen, men, disciple-making begins at home. We have a chance with our children to disciple them. Well, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus, right? So do you want your children to follow Jesus? You go first, Dad. And we've looked at what does a disciple look like? A disciple has three loves. A disciple loves Jesus and loves one another and loves a lost dad. Do you want your children to do that? You go first. Now, Paul gives us great advice as dads in 1 Corinthians 11. Even though he had no biological children, he had spiritual children. And notice what he said. He said, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Isn't that good, dads? Do you really want your children to love Jesus? then you love Jesus. When they get up in the morning, may they see you reading his word. May they find around the table you talk about him all the time because you love him. You go first. Do you want your children to grow up and love one another to be involved in a church? Then let your children see how important church is to you, that you recognize you need a church and the church needs you. Let your children see you love one another. You want your children to love lost people? Let them see you're praying for lost people and always trying to share your faith. You go first. So the Bible teaches that children are a blessing, not a burden. For us to get there, we need to believe in Jesus and follow him. And when we do, when we see children are a blessing, we want to get married. We want to have lots of kids and stay married and, and raise our children to be a blessing to others. So that brings us to our action step for this week, which is what I want you to do is to ask Jesus for the grace to enjoy our blessings. Because you know what? Children are a blessing, but... I mean, it's 2 o'clock in the morning and your kids are screaming. <laughs> Lord, thank you for our blessings. Lord, give me the grace to enjoy our blessings. Isn't that what Psalm 127 says? Listen to the first verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Jesus, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower and I want you to build my house. I don't want my marriage and parenting to be in vain, so you build and I'll follow. You lead and I'll follow. I want you to be the builder. I need grace. You lead, I'll follow. Uh, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Lord, I want you to be the protector of my family. Lord, I'm so capable of wrecking my life. Keep me from wrecking my life. And Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my children. Keep them from wrecking their lives. Lord, I want you to be our protector. I need grace. Oh, it is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. 
Lord, I want you to be our provider. I, I need you to be our provider. Lord, give me the ability to earn a living so I can take care of my family. I need grace. Oh, listen, ask Jesus for the grace to enjoy our blessings. Are you married? <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you that I'm married. Lord, give me the grace I need to enjoy my spouse. Are you a dad? Are you a mom? Lord, thank you so much for our blessings. Thank you for our children. But Lord, I need grace. Sometimes it's so hard. I need your grace to enjoy our blessings. You help out in children's ministry. You're discipling someone. Lord, thank you for the people that I'm leading. Lord, sometimes there's, it's so overwhelming. I need grace to enjoy our blessings. Uh, we need to continually ask Jesus for the grace to enjoy our blessings because when we have children, the one thing our children will teach us is how much we need grace. Uh, they will. Now, <clears throat> parents, I want to prepare you, moms and dads, that our, it, our children will most likely never love us as much as we love them. I want to prepare you for what it means to be a mom and dad, that our children will never love us as much as we love them because we sacrifice and sacrifice, and, and they really don't appreciate it, and sometimes we get really upset about that, and then we remember what? Oh, that we will never love Jesus as much as what? He loves us. Do you know he loved us so much he gladly went to the cross for us? Isn't that amazing? And sometimes I'm embarrassed to speak up for him. Listen, I need grace to remember how much I need grace so that I can give grace to my children when they don't love me as much as I love them. Thankful. <laughs> Do you know our children will never be as thankful for us as we would like for them to be? Do you know that? I mean, I would take my kids to soccer practices and I would expect them to say thank you, but you know what? They didn't. And then as I would get upset, you know what I would think? Huh, am I not like that with Jesus? He has been so good to me, and I'm so lacking in being thankful to him and say, Lord, Lord, thank you for your grace. Lord, I'm not thankful. I need grace to love my children when they're not thankful. Oh, when it comes to obedience, listen, our children will never obey us the way we would like for them to. It just won't happen. But when we're faced with that, it's important to remember what? That we, we never obey Jesus the way that he would like for us to. We don't, right? That's why, Lord, give us grace so we can love our children when they're unlovely. We can love them when they're not thankful. We can love them when they're disobeying us, just like you love us. Oh, you know why we need grace? This is so important. Dads and moms, this is so important. We, we need grace because the moment we become a dad or a mom... There's a part of us that's never happier than our least happy child. The moment we become a dad or a mom, there's a part of our hearts that's never happy than our least happy child. And if you have a lot of kids, that's a lot of th things that could go wrong, right? But what grace enables us to do is not to have our whole heart controlled by our least happy child. Let me show you that. In, in Romans 12, Verse 15, rejoice with those who weep. <laughs> rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. 
Listen, grace teaches us to learn how in our hearts we can have multiple emotions going on at the same time, that I can be rejoicing, that I know Jesus, that I'm a child of God, that I have his word, that my life has purpose, and I can be brokenhearted over the decisions my children are making at the same time. It's so, so important for us to learn how to do that, to be able to rejoice and weep at the same time. Let me illustrate that for you. Listen, the moment someone becomes a pastor like me, there's a part of me. There's a part of me that's never happier than our least happy member. I always remember that member who's upset at me, the member who's sick, the member who's dying. That's a part of me, but it's not all of me. At the same time, I'm rejoicing that I know Jesus, and for the, they're both going on simultaneously all the time. It was Friday, and I'm here, and this place is, um, was so amazing. There was so much joy, and I left and visited Scott, who was dying. So in one moment, I was rejoicing. The next moment, I was weeping. And then I left lunch, and I went and had lunch with guests who were coming here, and I was rejoicing again. It's so important, parents, to not let our hearts be controlled by the decisions that our children are making at the moment. And so we ask for grace to be able to rejoice with those who rejoice, and to weep with those who weep. So, we've learned that. Now, I just want to ask you, who do you know? Who do you know who would love to hear what we learned today? Who do you know who is overwhelmed by their children and they think of them as a burden? Won't you go to them and say, hey, know what we learned in church on Sunday? We learned that the children can be a blessing and not a burden. Well, how could that be with Jesus Wouldn't you like Jesus to change you so that your children become a blessing to you and not a burden? Who do you know who's absolutely distraught over the bad choices their children are making? Wouldn't they love to hear that with Jesus, our hearts can have multiple emotions at the same time. We really can be people who find great joy at the same time our hearts are broken over the poor choices that one of our children are making. Um, oh, what did we learn today? That children are a blessing, not a burden. So this week, this week, our assignment is let's ask Jesus to help us, to give us the grace we need to enjoy our blessings. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful that you love us way more than you love us, than we love you. Jesus, thank you for coming and and dying on the cross for our sins and offering us eternal life. Listen, if the gospel made sense to you for the first time today, if you'd like to be a child of God, if you'd like eternal life, Jesus is here. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and Lord. Forgive me. Give me eternal life. Help me be the person you want me to be. 
Well, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you or tell someone we'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for all of us who've received you. Lord, that we would have experienced such love and joy from you that we'd want to expand your family and our family. Lord, I pray that we would follow you. Jesus, change our thinking. Help us to see children the way you do. as a blessing and not a burden. Lord, I pray for some here that you would move us to get married. Others of us, you would move us to have children. Lord, others of us, that you would really help us to stay married. Lord, we need help. Help us to stay together. Lord, I pray that we would raise our children to be a blessing. Lord, who are those people that you would have us to go and share what we learned today? Lord, send us out to teach others what you taught us today. For we pray in Jesus' name.